0: Even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life.
1: No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
2: 18 plus. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 2016 Mayhemies. Uh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. It's been a whole year since last year's Mayhemies, but uh, it's the truth. That is what happened. Uh, I am Lunchbox. You know me from the Wrestling Mayhem Show, of course. And we have an esteemed panel uh, for this year's Mayhemies. Gentlemen, would you introduce yourselves? We're
1: going to start out closest to you. Absolutely. We'll go this way. Absolutely. Uh, of course, I've been on the Wrestling Mayhem Show probably too many times. You guys are probably sick of seeing me. But it's been a while, so in case you're new, uh, I'm Justin Plummer, currently owner and promoter of IWC Wrestling, uh, the largest independent wrestling promotion here in the Pittsburgh area. Um, but today we'll be talking about... Big time pro wrestling. So I'll add a different perspective, I guess, than these two. So I'm looking forward to it.
0: Uh, My name is Joe Dombrowski. I am a Sagittarius. Uh, (laughs) I enjoy uh, shiatsu massage chairs and reruns of Roseanne. Uh, And when I'm not doing those things, I'm an independent wrestling producer, commentator, jack of all trades, responsible... Uh, for such hits as The Montreal Theory and The Legend of Virgil, the voice of the international wrestling cartel for 13 years now, and one of, I believe, only three men in 2015 to receive a paycheck from TNA Wrestling, Ring of Honor, and Global Force Wrestling in the span of one calendar year. Actually, only about three or four months. So Mm -hmm. I'm somewhat amazing.
1: And now you're here.
3: And And now I'm here. Absolutely. Hell of a year. And uh, Uh, I am the heir apparent Chris LaRusso, 10-plus-year veteran of the independent scene. You may have seen me in such places as uh, Ring of Honor, Remix Pro Wrestling, uh, newly signed to the international wrestling cartel, and uh, I'll be bringing the perspective of someone who's actually been uh, between the ropes. And uh, what my perspective can bring to this, God only knows. So let's get to the... uh,
0: That intro was very Troy McClure
3: of you. Troy McClure. Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You may know me from such things as... Yeah, but that.
1: You ready
2: for this? I'm ready for this. Fantastic. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us. We are going to start big. We're going to start with the top two. Best male wrestler and best female wrestler. Best male wrestler. Uh, Plummer. let's start with you.
1: All right. Good. Thank God. So you guys can't steal my answer now. I only <laughs> have one. Um, you you got to look to the WWE, I think, because that's still, they're still the top dogs. And the uh, wrestler of the year, in my opinion, has to go to Seth Rollins because here's a guy that really just, if you look at where he started the year, which, which was pretty hot, but, and what he accomplished before his injury, I mean, the guy just took off. Uh, he, he was all over the place. He actually got into mainstream media a little bit too, kind of outside of wrestling. So he almost became like the, the new celebrity, the new spokesperson for the WWE for a while. It's unfortunate that he couldn't finish out the year, but I think... Even with him missing the year, you got to look to WWE's main guy, their champion, the guy that was the face of the company for so long, Seth Rollins.
2: Fantastic. Mr. Dombrowski.
1: I, I think there's a lot of guys you can make a
0: case for. Uh, certainly Seth Rollins, up until he was hurt, was uh, the flag bearer of the company. You can make a case for, for Roman Reigns with how he's been able to handle the uh, uh, the boost and elevation that uh, that he's been on. You can make a case for John Cena, who's arguably had... His, uh, his best year in a long time, now that he's not the de facto uh, uh, guy on top, uh, he's been able to, to be a little fresher as a United States champion and, and work and elevate with some younger talent. Um, to me, there were, there were sort of holes in the calendar year for all of those guys, though. So I'm going to go a little bit uh, against the grain of Mr. Plummer, and I'll look at uh, TNA and Ring of Honor. and And to me... The, the two biggest stars in those respective promotions that were very consistent throughout the entire year were Ethan Carter III and Jay Lethal. And they are two of the very, very few guys in the business today who are classic tried-and-true villains and really relish in being hated. And, and if there was one Minor critique to Seth Rollins, it's a lot of times he was just so good it was hard to hate him. But EC3 and Jay Lethal uh, uh, have really done their best to be antagonistic, and and if it's a race to the finish, I'll give a slight nudge uh, ahead
3: and a victory to Jay Lethal.
2: Fantastic. Uh, Mr. LeBrusso.
3: Uh, Mr. Dombrowski made some really excellent points. I thought that Jay Lethal had an absolutely fantastic year. Uh, EC3 who uh, actually came around the Pittsburgh area this year and I got to see up close just how good he is and and really what he brings to the table uh, you know to uh, along with you said Jay Lethal also had a fantastic uh, 60-minute Broadway match with Roderick Strong in Baltimore which uh, I got to see live and really really impressed me but I'm sadly going to go with a, a slightly more traditional answer and go with John Cena uh, my reasons for that is Cena had some of the best matches of his career this year. I mean, the series with Owens was absolutely fantastic. The match between Cena and Owens at Elimination Chamber uh, really w- was instrumental in elevating Owens. Uh, the triple threat match with Brock Lesnar and uh, Seth Rollins at, uh, I believe it was the Royal Rumble, was was. So, so, so good. And I think we got to see the value of John Cena in the time he was away. And that when John Cena was away for the past couple months, we have seen a noticeable decline in uh, WWE's ratings, in uh, WWE's ability to write the ship and to go without their uh, flag bearer. And I thought it was very, very telling that in how much the WWE suffered in his absence... And I thought that really shows exactly, exactly how valuable he was to the WWE and continues to be. And, uh, you know, Rollins may be the, uh, the flag bearer of the future. Roman Reigns might be the flag bearer of the future. But for right now, uh, it's, it's still John Cena, and it will be for, for some time to come,
2: I think. Fantastic. Folks, we are just getting started with the Mayhemies 2016. Stay tuned to this very channel. we got a lot more videos coming up. Head over to WrestlingMayhemShow.com for voting, and uh, uh, stick around. It is the 2016 Mayhemies, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, right now we're going to talk about the female... Wrestler of the Year. And let's see, who should we start with? I think Joe Dombrowski. Joe Dombrowski, in your opinion, who is the Female Wrestler of the Year?
0: Uh, well, I mean, the, the competition for uh, a Female Wrestler of the Year, tougher this year than, than pretty much any other year that I can think of. Uh, uh, TNA has, has long standing, had a very successful and talented knockouts division. Uh, the NXT girls have stepped up, uh, uh, WWE in a big way. Ringer of Honor has, has launched the Women of Honor and are uh, starting to make some inroads there. My choice uh, out of all of them, when you're looking at an entire year and you're looking at consistency, um, my, my eyes draw to Paige. And as a character, a, a, a she, she stands out to me. She's not one-dimensional. Uh, she's somebody that, that I'll stop and, and she'll command my attention because you're not really sure what she's going to say. You're not really sure uh, uh, what her demeanor is going to be. She's not that prototypical uh, uh, diva, if you will. And, and to me, she should have been the one in the spotlight uh, being the catalyst to the so-called divas revolution. Uh, I think that would have done a lot for Paige and, and put her in the position that, that she deserves to be in. And uh, uh, to me, she was just the most compelling character from the women's division, really, in any company
1: and I actually, I'm going to segue in, and if I steal your answer, I'm sorry, but it's, it's just perfect. You said she should have been the catalyst, she should have been the, the head of the Divas Revolution, but she wasn't. And again, I hate to keep taking the obvious answers, but you've got to look at the main stage, you've got to look at worldwide exposure, who did the most for the wrestling, the wrestling product as a whole, and that's Charlotte this year. She stepped up. She did what she had to do in NXT, where where the true wrestling fans right now, the... The, the fans that are really, you know, they have it in their heart, they're watching NXT, they're enjoying NXT more than the main product. But when you're looking at worldwide exposure and expanding the the consumer base, you've got to look at WWE. She dominated NXT, she went up, she's doing what she's doing in WWE now, uh, and people have mixed opinions on that, on how she's doing. But she's the flag bearer, and it looks like it's going to be that way for, for a little while, so... Um, sorry if I jumped in and saw no, your answer. No, no, I, I had something it just, it just, different. Yeah, I got to, I got to go with Charlotte this time around.
3: Uh. I mean, I, I think, yeah, you know, Joe made a great point. This is, the, this is the hardest it's ever been to pick. Yeah, you know, usually it's somebody who, who's head and shoulders above everyone else. This is the closest it's been. It's the most competitive that uh, I, I think, and, and uh, had the most heated debate. Uh, but I think that Sasha Banks, absolutely was the top female wrestler of the year. Uh, not only was she, did she have some amazing matches at NXT, uh, she proved that her mic work in NXT was second to none and, and really worked very well uh, in that uh, antagonistic role. But she also was able to make the jump to the main roster and still continued to have amazing matches. I believe she'd been already called to the main roster by the time that NXT Brooklyn happened and the 30-minute uh, Iron Man match happened. She was already working on Monday Night Raw, uh, having the full-time schedule, and still managed to be the, one of the top divas, along with uh, Bayley, down in NXT. Uh, amazing year top to bottom, and I think she's also one who has the most upside. We have yet to see what she can do Uh, on the big stage and I think the sky's the limit
2: fantastic well folks remember these are the nominations the final say lies with you head over to WrestlingMayhemShow.com and vote at your earliest opportunity and uh, stay tuned to this very YouTube channel uh, because we are going to have more videos coming up after this (music) 2016 Mayhemies, we are back with yet another category. This time, Tag Team of the Year. Tag Team of 2015. Uh, Let's start with Chris LaRusso.
3: Um, I thought that the Tag Team of the Year, without a shadow of a doubt, and I'm going off the, uh, well, not really going off the beaten path. They've been long considered one of the top tag teams in the world, but uh, i got to go with the Young Bucks. Uh, This year was absolutely amazing. huge for them. The Bucks signed with Ring of Honor were uh, mainstays at New Japan, uh, New Japan World Junior Tag Team Champions, uh, phenomenal matches with Red Dragon, phenomenal matches uh, in six-mans with AJ Styles as a a part of the Bullet Club. Uh, The the Super Kick Party uh, has never been wilder and it looks like that the party's not going to stop anytime soon. Uh, I can see the Bucks just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, I got to, to see them live uh, not too long ago at, at Remix Pro Wrestling. Absolutely. It's one of those experiences where you, you can watch all the matches. You can watch what they've done at PWG, New Japan, Ring of Honor. But until you see it live, it is, it is something else. Phenomenal year for the Bucks.
2: Excellent. Joe Joe Dombrowski.
0: Um, and, and yeah, I, I echo support for the Bucks, and, and I think um, another major thing in their favor is their ability to self-market, and their ability to brand themselves without a machine behind them, and and I'll be the first to say, I don't agree with everything the Bucks have done. Well, you're not going to give me a 2 i not, I don't want to get sued. Oh. I don't agree with everything the Bucks have done. You know, there's a traditional side of me, there's a pure side of me. Sometimes it makes me a little bit perturbed. But uh, the beauty of it is that people are talking and people have a point of view, and that's that's the the bottom line uh, when you're
1: in this business. So you're More saying Larusso
0: people... stole your answer? Is what you're saying? <laughs> 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 Maybe I'm saying he didn't explain it as well as I could. Oh, oh. okay, okay. Shots fired. Now
1: we're having fun.
0: Super and, kick. And there's a lot of the great teams. Hey, I'm 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 a fan of the Usos. Um, sometimes I'm a fan of the New Day. But I I can't pick the New Day because I don't know what I'm supposed to think they are. Uh, They were fan favorites, and we booed them. They were heels, and we cheered them. Uh, uh, Now they're in a weird gray area where I'm not sure how I'm supposed to feel about them. Um, So I'm going to go with Red Dragon. I'm going to go with Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. They traveled a lot of the same roads as the Young Bucks. They are very successful in Ring of Honor. They are very successful in New Japan, uh, IWGP junior tag title reigns. Um, I'm a huge fan of Kyle O'Reilly. I think Kyle is one of the most underrated talents anywhere in this business today. And I think, and I'm going to go out on a limb here, and, and, and this may seem hyperbolic, but I think Kyle O'Reilly is pretty close to a blueprint of of the next generation of a pro wrestler. Because he can combine the believability uh, and the, to use a, 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 I don't know if it's a George Bush George Bush spoof, but to use the strategy of of mixed martial arts, implement that into wrestling in a way where we're not doing uh, uh, flimsy, bogus MMA, where we still have credibility, we still have uh, a logical story, it still looks and feels organic. Uh, He can do that and stay true to his wrestling roots, and, and it's not a case of one or the other. Bobby Fish is an amazing talker. Kyle has a great dry... Uh, uh, either a uh, charming or annoying wit about him, depending on what he wants to do. So they have the entertainment They're not mutually as
3: exclusive. Well.
0: No, not at all. Not no. at all. But Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, Red Dragon, um, right up there with the Bucks, as far as my favorite team to watch.
1: Now, I like that pick because we had Bobby Fish, as you know, in, in uh, IWC with us for a while. Absolutely. Uh, not this year, but for the past you know, the year or two before that. And um, and they can watch a lot of him on DVD and digital courtesy of Sorgatron Media. Yes, right? at iwtw.com, look it up! They have a search engine on there, I think. Sword a search engine. You can actually search oh on goodness. his website. Yes, he's got like That's uh, just type in Bobby website Fish. You'll see right it. here. Come on, do it. Sir. He actually did <laughs> a lot of cool <laughs> stuff uh, with us, and, and he's only gotten better since. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think you guys are both kind of like right where you need to be. As you gotta almost look outside of the WWE now for uh, the tag team of the year because there's not a lot going on there. There's not a lot of consistency. There's a lot of just guys thrown together to team. Uh, to your point with the new day, I'd even take it a step further. You know, you said we don't know what they are. You boo them when they're supposed to be cheered. You cheer them when they're supposed to be booed. I don't even know what they're doing half the time they're out there. It's like they're, they're just goofing off. They've they're, they're just got inside jokes going on. Uh, I, can't, I can't stand watching those guys and the fact that Virgil wants to be a part of them now, too, can't make anybody happy because, well, it's it, Virgil. Is, yeah? is that
0: Virgil or one of his talking
1: heads? That's Virgil. Okay. Oh, that's Virgil, yeah. He's a, he's a personal buddy of mine. So. I see. Um, Dear, close, personal, long-time friend. <laughs> long-time friend. We go back like 11 months. Uh, but I'm going to stick with the big dogs. Just to give the more mainstream fans uh, an option, if they're only voting on what we pick, I don't know what we're doing here. But that's <laughs> <laughs> nah, all right. Nobody does. That's we don't know well. what we're doing. We don't know what we're we doing. This is the format? nominations
2: for the, 2006 <laughs> the, the <laughs>
1: uh, I, I gotta. I'm gonna go with any combination of the Wyatt family, simply because of the roles that they got to play this year. I mean, they got they got to do the Undertaker's anniversary show as his opponent, which. Although the match was kind of predictable and, and standard, it, it was a huge, to me, a huge honor for them to get to step in there and watching a guy from the area, uh, Luke Harper, get to go in there and, and work with The Undertaker on such a big moment. It was just a very, very important moment in wrestling history. Um, not an outstanding match, but but to be chosen to do that, I think, is incredible. And it says a lot for what the WWE thinks of the Wyatts. Also. Uh, one of the more popular angles lately is the return of the ECW originals. Uh, Tommy Dreamer, Rhino, the Dudley Boys, which, I mean, these guys are still getting huge pops when they come out. And when's the last time they were on WWE TV? It's been a while uh, since they've been on national television. You so you can see
3: them locally uh, just in the last year. Where, where, oh, where yeah, they yeah, at uh, yeah, yeah. IWC, IWCWrestling.com, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: IndieWrestling.us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rhino and Dreamer all over the place, of course. But um, it's yeah, great right to there, see, right a- again, the why it's involved with that. <laughs> there you go. The White's involved with that. So they, they have been given the ball. And I know they haven't held titles, and I know they're not involved, You know, they're, they're not doing the types of things worldwide mm-hmm. that the guys that you mentioned are doing. But they are on national television, and they are, they've been given the ball multiple times this year, and I think they've done great with it. Mm-hmm. So it'll be exciting to see where they go. Are they going to keep these guys together? Mm-hmm. Are they going to try to push Bray on the singles run again? I don't know. But, uh, but it's exciting so far, and I think... Uh, a lot of what they've done is, is really spectacular. Mm-hmm. Done, Excellent. Done with those plugs? Do, do we want another one? How, I many, more, how at, many more? At I have, Wrestling? <laughs> what's we've your got Twitter? a lot of videos I mean, to go. At Chris is, LaRusso. Is this is shameless. Plugs.
0: I didn't even mention once that I booked Luke Harper against Kevin Nash on a pay-per-view main <laughs> event that's in the upcoming Prime Cuts DVD series. I bet LeBar was there. He was. Uh-huh. Where, where could
2: you and, get that, that
0: Prime Cuts? 90-degree
2: uh, weather in his leather jacket.
0: Uh uh-huh. Yeah, he does that. And, Sorgatron Media... Uh, in nddwrestling.us, prime cut series.
2: Fantastic. Folks, go to these, those URLs and also head over to wrestlingmayhemshow.com where you can vote for the stuff that these guys are talking about right here. We personally. don't remember what we said. Um, Who did I think? <laughs> these are B-R-M. jumping bomb angels. <laughs> these yes, and the Glamour uh, Girls.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Let's start over. We should have, we should have Women's Tag Team of Mayhemies
2: Classic. We should yep. we should do that? Keep your eye on WrestlingMayhemShow.com and keep your eye on this video channel. We have more coming up, uh, so stick around. I pick Oleander. It's the 2016 Mayhemies, and uh, we're back. We're back with yet another video, yet another category for you folks to vote on over at WrestlingMayhemShow.com. And here's the thing about professional wrestling. It's not all just in-ring action. I dropped my pen, and we are going to talk about the people. Thank you very much. Thank you kindly. We're going to talk about the people behind the scenes and outside of the ring. Best non-wrestling personality. Uh, Gentlemen, let's start with
1: you. Yeah, because this is a super easy one. I think there's only one person you could pick uh, for this year, which is Renee Young, who just exploded onto the scene, Mm -hmm. killed it. Um, Not only is she... Attractive, but she's also talented, which is like the total package. Very hard to find. Um, when you watch what she does, she is so natural. Uh, the, way she, the way she does it, it's not like, you know, even when she first started with interviewing. Hello, WWE Universe. I am here with John Cena. I mean, she just looked like, she, and she looked like she's having fun. And when she looks like she's having fun, you're kind of having fun. And, uh, you know, and she's cute. So it just works out. And, and you see the trust that they put in. Uh, to her because now her roles just continue to expand so um, i think you know we could pick some other people if we wanted to but i think renee (laughs) young is is head and shoulders non-wrestling personality here now
2: while you were talking both of these gentlemen were making very interesting faces (laughs) i'm curious what chris released chris laruso
3: just i mean if if cuteness matters oh boy you know (laughs) we're we're in big trouble. Uh, it's TV. It's TV. Non wrestling personality. If I'm going next, I, I got to take the the most obvious one in Paul Heyman, and Paul Heyman has proven time and time and time and time again that he is uh, head and shoulders one of the greatest talkers of all time. Heyman has been uh, so crucial to Brock Lesnar's success, and has been the mouthpiece and the voice of, uh, one, of the, the, one of the biggest attractions of the past 10 years. And Heyman, in a lot of ways, uh, has made a number of the matches and feuds that Brock has been involved in. Uh, I can especially think that Heyman's, uh, Heyman's voice uh, added so much to the feud with The Undertaker, added so much to the emotion behind that, to the drive behind that, and, and emphasized the importance of that feud and, and made you, uh, glued you to your seat where you had to listen to every word that was coming out of his mouth and that you thought, my God, this is the biggest match that I'm going to see this year. I have to watch this. And the, the man has delivered for 15, 20 years, and he's only getting better.
2: Jordan Brasky, what are your thoughts? Um, you
3: know, naturally...
0: I'm always going to be partial and gravitate toward the announcers uh, as, as kind of the first instinct. Um, you know, the job that guys like Michael Cole and Josh Matthews and Kevin Kelly, uh, uh, and my personal favorite, Steve Carino, uh, which I'm a little bit biased. I, I've experienced uh, working with Steve firsthand. But uh, uh, the job, the prep work, uh, uh, you know, it's a very underrated uh, uh, position as far as the amount of hard work that goes into it. But... Uh, for this instance, I'll, I'll gravitate away from my announcer brethren, and uh, I got to go with Stephanie McMahon. And I'm not a huge fan of the evil authority figure trope. I think that's been played out to death. But Stephanie has proven that that when uh, when she is needed, when 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 her uh, uh, when her jersey is called upon to deliver in a major way. Uh, she can do it, and I think you can look at the episode of Raw when uh, she was arrested, and and how well she. Uh, that was Vince. She filled that role. Do look like. No, it was. There was an, there was another. It
1: was. They do look like.
3: Uh You Yeah, also, side by side. So, anyway. I mean, it's
0: and, already uphill. It. And the McMahon family as a whole obviously helped a lot in getting Roman Reigns over that hump, as far as. The, the, uh, the next top guy, the next top uh, uh, fan favorite. And, uh, and, and you can also look at the Ronda Rousey segment of WrestleMania. Ooh. As far as Stephanie being a great foil, and again, going back to, to my point earlier about people like Jay Lethal, somebody who knows how to genuinely get the crowd to dislike them. Stephanie is, is one of the very few true villains or villainesses,
2: if you will, uh, in the business today. Fantastic. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Of course, you disagree. This is the internet. Go to (laughs) WrestlingMayhemShow.com and cast your vote. Share your dissenting opinion and uh, stick around because there's going to be more videos right after this. 2016 may hemis we are here with our esteemed panel of guests and uh next up we're going to talk about something very important professional wrestling and that is brands brands groups if you will uh joe dombrowski representing one on his hat right there
1: federations
2: federations As the old schoolers. that's the word that's the word i'm looking for uh joe dombrowski present what do you what do you think? Who? who, What? What? Federation had the best 2015.
0: Well, until you said Federation, I think my favorite brand would be Heinz. I enjoy (laughs) their
1: ketchup very much.
0: Uh, Apparently, they have 56 other products. I'm not aware of, but be that as it may. Um,
1: Wait, do we have time? I can tell you. Can we just get a
0: scrolling?
3: Please, can we do? You (laughs) know, I I,
0: I guess my forehead spoiled it, but I'm going to pick Ring of Honor. Um, you know, there's a lot of excitement in the brand. I know Justin Plummer was excited about Ring of Honor right before he went on the air here. Um, when you look at, you know, U.S. wrestling throughout 2015, it's been a bit of an uphill climb for a lot of people. And uh, uh, business is down. As Tracy Smith said, business is down, man. People don't care anymore. You know what I mean? So it's, it's something special that Ring of Honor can show uh, tangible growth in pretty much every category. When we're talking about the television outlets and the new markets they've added and uh, certainly Destination America was helpful in Comet TV now. Uh, their live event attendance has been up across the board in pretty much every market they've been in. Um, and, and, you know, the talent level keeps growing. They have a great young talent that keeps developing. Their, their training camps are churning out a lot of guys. Top Prospect Tournament, um, you know, even Larusso snuck in on a couple shows um, so, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a deep pool out there of talent, um, that, uh, that's being utilized and, and the brand is, is only great, gaining more and more of an identity, uh, as it goes forward too. So, so Ring of Honor to me, if you look December, 2014 to December, 2015 on every promotion across the board, I think Ring of Honor looks the best from A to B.
3: I had to mug you but there's camera's running so I'm not going to as much as it. ring it'll of honor for good, it'll make for great as TV, much as yeah. no I'm putting over the look I love ring of honor okay we uh, all we all love ring, ring of honor we all love ring of honor <laughs> um, you know and, and obviously I'm a little bit biased and I, I agree with everything he said R- ring of honor had had probably their best year ever this year um, but I'm going to go with a, a company that really I think shook up the the landscape and go with lucha underground uh, Lucha Underground really changed the idea of what professional wrestling could be. They went in a very different direction with their production, with their storytelling, with their characters, with their uh, presentation, with uh, across the board, really tried to do something different. And that's something that professional wrestling has historically been hesitant to do. If you look at the way that, I mean, Raw has been produced in pretty much the same fashion since the Attitude Era. Uh, and, and as far as their, their use of camera angles, their use of how, how, the, how the ring is lit, how the stage is lit, how backstage, uh, uh, backstage segments are presented, it's been kind of the same way for, for quite some time. And a lot of other companies have, uh, have mirrored that presentation, not Lucha Underground. They went with something totally different. And some people were, were turned off by it. Some people loved it. But I think it, cha- it challenged what could be. And they're going into their, their second season now, uh, having just brought in Rey Mysterio, which is a huge coup for them. Uh, their, the, the buzz is very high, and uh, I'm very curious to see what uh, Lucha Underground does in
2: 2016.
1: Um, I mean, two good answers I, that I wasn't even actually thinking. But, you know, that's we're looking small picture. We're looking within the wrestling audience who was successful this year. But if you look big picture, you know, even the most successful, unless you're talking about The Rock or, or John Cena, even the most successful wrestlers, especially on, on this level and on an independent level, are still to the outside world. It's weird. It's looked down upon. So you, I, I like to go big picture. Who's breaking through that wall? Who, you know, you look at WWE and their ratings are going down and, and you, you still got to give them a nod because they're the ones that are breaking through into mainstream media. They're the only ones that could really draw new fans into the market. But um, I'm going to get off their bandwagon for a while, kind of, because you said, you said <laughs> NXT would be a different, mm-hmm. a different brand. Right, yeah. I think, I, I think you got to look at NXT and, and what they've done. I mean, just here in Pittsburgh, tickets have gone on sale twice this year. Uh, the first time, it was really tough to get tickets, uh, for anybody, I think the second time around, they just went on sale a couple of weeks ago, and they sold out in less than a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know it's not it's not the um, uh, the Mellon Arena. What is it now? Consol Energy. Consul Energy, Consul Energy, Consul Energy Center. Uh, it's a smaller venue, but it's just you see some of the other venues they're going to, and they're selling out, and there's so much hype around it. And I think the hype around the NXT product could eventually help the WWE product if they could find a way to to transfer the you know when they're when they're p- pulling these these Athletes up from NXT, if they could find a way to keep the momentum going without crushing it onto WWE television and just go with it, look what they're doing there and try to do it on a larger scale, I think they could use that mold to take the wrestling market and grow it beyond what it is right now, which ultimately, you know, WWE's got the share of the fans and that's the way it's going to be for a long time. But it's not about battling for the fans that currently exist. We need to expand the wrestling market because it is not in good shape right now. Mm -hmm. And um, I think NXT has shown that they have the ability to do that. They've been killing it. Their attendance has been going up. That's what all the hype's about. Um, And they're even bringing in independent talent. They're kind of doing like the indie thing, uh, but on a national level. So definitely i got to go with uh, NXT on this one.
2: Awesome. Well, folks, uh, you can cast your opinion over at WrestlingMayhemShow.com. All of these and more will be up for voting. Go and check them out at your earliest convenience. But in the meantime, stick around because there are more videos a-coming. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a 2016 May Hemis, and we are narrowing the field of nominees. Uh, and uh, these gentlemen are doing it for us. Thanks, guys. Gentlemen. Thank you yeah. for being here. We appreciate that Somebody's got to do it. Um, Somebody does. We're going to talk about Match of the Year. Mm-hmm. I know we had a, a lot of great matches this year, a lot of, uh, lot of contenders.
1: Uh, Plumber, I get what, to start. You get to start. So what, is, take, what is I your I can thought? take the easy road here. Good. Good. Yeah. Um, we were kind of talking off air a little bit, and I'm going to see what we were talking about, is overall the Survivor Series tournament for the vacant WWE Heavyweight title produced a lot of great matches on live television. Um, the only thing I didn't like about it is it was very predictable, and, and some people don't care about that. To me, though, it's like watching a movie. Uh, you know, the movie can be great, but every, you think of all the best movies of all time, they have great surprise endings. Uh, which we don't seem to get a lot of. But if we put that aside uh, and you look at that tournament and you look at a pay-per-view, I'm not a big fan of the Survivor Series pay-per-view itself, but I got to go with Owens and Ambrose uh, from the World Heavyweight Title Tournament. I thought it was a phenomenal match. It was an exciting match. Uh, Even though you kind of knew which direction they were going, they almost tricked you. Kind of like the Shawn Michaels Undertaker WrestleMania match from the first time, you know, uh, where you kind of knew the Undertaker was going to win, but it's like, is he? Is he? Um, And to kind of have your... Predictions, uh, you know, tinkered with a little bit, uh, made that match to me uh, really good. Excellent. Chris LaRusso.
3: Um, I thought that there was some some really phenomenal matches this year as well. The one that stuck out to me, though, was John Cena versus Kevin Owens at the Elimination Chamber. It was Owens' first match as a part of the main roster, and it was uh, also uh, Owens' sort of uh, coming-out party for uh, who he was, for the people who didn't know who Kevin Steen was, who maybe didn't know, uh, you know the Ring of Honor, the PWG uh, history, for him to come out against the, the franchise player to go for almost 25 minutes in a back-and-forth, really, really exciting match and, and a stunning finish. I, I think that there was a number of people who could not believe that in his first match, that he would get a, uh, a victory and a clean victory over John Cena. Uh, exciting, uh, action-packed, led into... I mean, and the other two matches in that series were fantastic, too, but of the three, the one that I thought had the biggest impact, the one that I thought was the absolute best, was the one from Elimination Chamber.
0: Joe Dombrowski? Uh, my mind's eye gravitates to the WrestleMania main event, and Brock Lesnar and... Roman Reigns, I think, gets a little bit overlooked in this category, um, but that was a very physical encounter. Um, I believe there was some blood involved uh, inadvertently, uh, but, but it certainly <laughs> helped uh, with the drama of the match. And I think that match did more to help Roman Reigns than anything that had been done from a creative standpoint three or four months prior. Uh, Brock Lesnar looked like a beast, looked like an animal. He just has that special aura about him where you feel like you're watching you know, something special, something different. And obviously we got the one of the you know, most surprising moments of the year, Seth Rollins coming out and, uh, and cashing in his briefcase. Um, you know, I, I think the creative direction of, of Roman Reigns before and after this match... Um, kind of unfortunately understated what that match should have done for Roman Reigns as far as solidifying him and legitimizing him. Um, and I think a lot of that, again, you can go back to the Royal Rumble as far as, as when Roman really got hurt uh, from a, a fan support standpoint. But I look at Brock and Roman as a a, a masterful way to to keep Brock strong, to solidify Roman Reigns, and... Everybody comes out of that match stronger when Seth Rollins comes in and changes the game.
2: Fantastic! Well, folks, head on over to WrestlingMayhemShow.com and cast your votes for the 2016 Mayhemies. The final choice lies with you. Uh, in in the meantime. If you want to wait, if you want to wait till all these uh, all these videos are done, hear all these uh, all these gentlemen's opinions on the matter. Stick around because there are more videos to come. Keep your eyes on this YouTube channel. It's the 2016 May Hemis, and these are your nominations, gentlemen. There were many. Wrestling shows this year. I hope. What was your favorite? Chris LaRusso. I don't, want to to I,
3: don't, <laughs> I don't want to talk to them anyway. Um, the, the, the show of the year. Uh, I thought that the show of the year for me was TakeOver Brooklyn. All right? It was NXT's chance to prove that they could be a big-time player. If you remember when they, when they initially announced the show... They were only going to sell, I think it was like 5,000 tickets, 6,000. It, it was a, going to be a heavily um, parsed-down uh, uh, arena. Uh, they were going to run in the same... Barkley Center. Barkley Center uh, was going to be the same place as SummerSlam. It was going to be a uh, much different setup. The demand was so great that it ended up being, I think, 18,000. Uh, biggest NXT show to that point. I think, I think that record still stands. Uh, featured uh, Sasha Banks against Bayley in what was an absolutely fantastic match, uh, Finn, uh, Finn Balor versus Kevin Owens in a ladder match. The show, top to bottom, was exciting. The energy in the crowd was infectious. It was possibly the... Uh, it, it was the perfect storm. Just everything that evening clicked. Uh, it, it, and even for somebody who's, who's seen it all... Uh, it, you couldn't help but get excited about that show. NXT Takeover Brooklyn, uh, far and away, uh, my show of the year. Joe Dobrowski.
0: Uh, I'll go outside the box and and I will go with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom Nine. Um, you know, that was uh, uh, I believe in the very first few days of 2015, but uh, uh, the first New Japan pay per view available on a a, a standard pay-per-view here in North America. Um, And, you know, four-hour show and and, and top to bottom held my interest. And that's with me not really understanding uh, a a lot of the backstory and not really being too familiar with a lot of the talent. Obviously, you know, I knew the guys in the top matches, Okada, Tanahashi, Nakamura, AJ Styles, uh, the junior heavyweight tag match with Red Dragon and the Bucks and Alex Shelley and Kushida and, I think, the Forever Hooligans. Um, but, you know, top to bottom, it reminded me of some of those old WrestleMania, some of those old supercards where every match felt different. Every match had its own little style and its own little distinct niche. Uh, you had your, your brawlers and your hardcore and your flyers and your MMA, and, and you had your productions and your, you know, Nakamura with the sports entertainment-esque-etude-ness. Um, and, and, and you had the That's Bullet a word. Club. You had the <laughs> Bullet Club. You had, you had all these different flavors come together for one great show. Uh, and of course, just for me, it was great to, to sit under the learning tree as both a fan as an announcer and listen to Jr. and Matt Stryker call the whole show. So it was something different and unique, but in, in a big positive way. And, and I would definitely be open to supporting future New Japan events.
1: Mr. Dolores, all right, uh, show of the year. I got to go with Beatles Love Cirque du Soleil at the Mirage in Vegas. <laughs> Uh, phenomenal, I recommend that Now
2: I've seen that show a couple of times What's great? the Jumping yeah, Bomb yeah, yeah. Angels
1: booked on that show? I can't tell, there's so many people flying around uh, That I have no idea But the event of the year The event of the year as <laughs> oh, I like oh. to call it I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of go the opposite of Joe And go back in the box Like so far in the box That I'm right <laughs> in the middle of the box Because I didn't get to see any uh, New Japan uh, Pay-per-views, big events Whatever you want to call them I didn't get to see any Ring of Honor pay-per-views. So, so sue me. I didn't have time to watch them yet. I will. Sue me. Sue me, I dare you. Uh, so I got I to gotta look at the WWE. And, and as we thought kind of before no all of this, it's, there's been some great stuff in WWE this year, I think. But overall, it's been a long time since I sat down and watched one event and, and really just said that was a great three hours spent. Uh, as I as I mentioned to Joe, the last the last time I felt that way was Money in the Bank 2012. I, wherever we were, we were, Fox and Hound. It's the one time I got Joe to come out uh, out of his hiding place for a little bit and, and go have some fun. But it was a, that was a great event. You know, you had Daniel Bryan uh, winning the Money in the Bank, which was so surprising at the time. CM Punk walking out with the title, leaving the company. It was shocking. Nothing really shocked me this year. Not even the Royal Rumble, which I would typically default to because. Everyone loves the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Who's going to show up? What surprise appearances? That was even kind of a little underwhelming and, and predictable. So I got to go way inside the box and default to WrestleMania of this year, just for for no other reason. Just the huge, grandiose Super Bowl-like feel that it has. It's hard to top that uh, that special feeling you get as wrestling fans. That is our Super Bowl. Uh, you never get excited. It's hard to sleep the night before. That whole day you're watching the preview channel and, and, and getting all hyped up for it and watching your old, you know, old WrestleManias and your favorite matches. So, so just for lack of a better option, I hate to say, but uh, I, I just got to go with the, the granddaddy of them all, uh, WrestleMania.
2: Fantastic. Well, folks, uh, if you agree, head on over to WrestlingMayhemShow.com and cast your votes. The final say is yours. Uh, stick around, we do have more videos here on this very channel. All you have to do is look around. It's probably on the page you're looking at right now. It is the 2016 May Hemis, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are down to our final category—the next big thing. Don't need these anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I thought that was a ghost because I didn't see you it. Didn't it I didn't, yeah, I was
3: like, "What the <laughs> hell was that?"
2: I want to know what the next big thing is, Chris Larissa. Do you have an answer for no, me? It's fling in your notes. <laughs> yeah, geez.
3: the next big fling. The is. Uh, I want to know, Larissa the, uh, is a lucky the, lady. The next Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> if you weren't my boss, uh, all right. The the next big thing in professional wrestling, without a shadow of a doubt, in my mind is Finn Balor. All right, I think that uh, I, I've been a huge fan of Prince Devitt for uh, for a long time. And uh, I know what he brings to the table. And uh, the NXT audience is just now learning what he's bringing to the table. But as far as somebody who is the total package in every conceivable way, uh, cross-demographic appeal, amazing talent bell-to-bell, um, you know, international appeal, uh, merchandise possibilities are absolutely through the roof with a guy like this, and uh, somebody who, who just, to me, can sort of fill the, the role. A, a lot of people think that, uh, that Roman Reigns is being groomed to take Cena's spot or that Cena was groomed to take the, uh, the spot of Hulk Hogan. Uh, I could see Finn Balor being the next Shawn Michaels. Somebody who has that appeal across all demographics. The, the smart marks will love him because of what he can do in the ring. The kids will love him for the, for the paint and for the presentation. The girls will love him because he's a good-looking guy. The casual fans will, will be entertained. Everybody uh, can find something to like about this guy. He has done nothing but deliver since he arrived at NXT, and we haven't even seen, with the WWE production value, with, with what they can do. We've seen little bits of it, like in London or in, or in Brooklyn, but if, if he gets the machine behind him, he could not only be a, a, as big a star as we've seen in the past 10 years, he could be as big a star as we've ever seen. And I truly believe that.
2: Justin Plummer.
1: Oh, I'm next. All Tell right. us about the future. I didn't even have to. Uh... <laughs> yeah. What was the question again?
2: <laughs> <laughs> What's the next big thing?
1: That's what she said. Oh, <laughs> I said you up so bad. Um, okay, so I got a couple here, but I'll narrow it down. Uh, and I'll be quick because I have to pee.
3: Uh, <laughs> I actually do too. What? It's
1: horrible. There's no bathrooms on this studio, or else we'd have a really good podcast on <laughs> Gilman. Hey, <laughs> um, all right. So you gotta look. You gotta look. Uh, I think Bailey has potential if the WWE could ever figure out a way to make this transition from NXT up to the main roster and keep the momentum. Uh, you know, bailey has got a lot of momentum. And with the Divas Revolution and, and women's wrestling as a whole kind of growing and her being at the forefront of the developmental or whatever you want to call it, um, I think she could ride that wave. Uh, Tyler Breeze is another one that comes to mind. I think they blew it with Dolph Ziggler. I always loved Dolph Ziggler. I thought he was going to be the next HBK. And at this point, it's just been cycled so much that it's watered down. No matter what they do with them, it's kind of like done. But Tyler Breeze is fresh; he's new. He's got to get a, you know, he's kind of gimmicky right now. If he can broaden up, he's a good option. Kevin Owens, of course, who knows what he's going to do? Are they going to stick with that indie style wrestler? He's had great matches. He doesn't have the look. Uh, so, are they going to roll with that, or is that eventually going to come back to haunt him? I don't know. But if I had to pick one, and I think this one still applies because he's big, but he's not on Roman Reigns level. He's not on Seth Rollins level. I think it's the final member of the Shield, Dean Ambrose. I think that in the next year, uh, even, that he is going to be the one that really steps up. I don't want to say, I know a lot of people say he's going to be the next Stone Cold Steve Austin. I don't want to make that comparison. But I think he's the kind of guy that has been a little bit overlooked. I mean, he's the only former Shield member not to hold the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. And, And I think he's going to be in that picture, if not this upcoming year, maybe the following year. But I would keep my eye on him. I know he's already big, but I think he's going to explode. Cool. No, what do I do. Oh man. Do I gotta say all that again? It was no. just at the end. No, okay. Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose. I think Dean Dean Ambrose. Dean. dean I think Dean Douglas is gonna be the next big thing.
3: <laughs> Debrowski take us home.
1: Um well first I'll answer
0: uh uh my next big fling is uh, the Jumping Bomb Angels. We, oh, three we, we have a three. Have a threesome Both. going. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Three-way dance. <laughs> oh, I'm hardcore. <laughs> I'll take our- <laughs> <laughs> it. I will give anybody in this room a dollar if they can give me the name
3: of one
1: Jumping Bomb Angel.
3: Uh, I'm playing Flip Cup. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> Melani Kai was not a Jumping Bomb Angel. No, she, she was, was one she of the other side. She was a glamour girl. She Milani a glamour Kai girl. and Judy
0: Martin. That's Judy our, Martin. Yeah, I don't right. know. Norio Tatino,
1: oh, and Izuki
0: Yamazaki.
3: Dombrowski, while we're young, please.
0: (laughs) Well, see, the Bomb Angels grew up in Japan. I'll mention mention, uh, uh, one name for the future, and then I'll give my official answer. Um, One name for the future that I think is going to have a huge 2016 is uh, someone near and dear to my heart, and that's Johnny Gargano. Uh, He's had a lot of opportunities on NXT, in uh, uh, 2015, and I've followed the guy's career since he was 18, uh, uh, coming up in Cleveland. And I've always detected that certain it factor, that certain aura where he's not the biggest, he doesn't look the toughest, but there's something about him that people can just draw to and connect with. And, And to see him and how he was able to project and present himself at some of those resolution shows back in the day, where he was the main event, going 30 minutes, sprawling all over the building, and really, you know, putting obviously much smaller to scale, but putting a company on his shoulders and representing in that small microcosm uh, uh, an operation trying to be mainstream. Um, I, I would love to see what he's what he's able to do with with the billion dollar marketing machine behind it. Uh, I think that's in the next few years, but as far as 2016 specifically. Uh, I think the next big star is Sami Zayn. And just with the one match he had on Raw, with his shoulder completely out, and for him and Cena to, to do what they did and for Sami to get the uh, uh, the superstar reaction, I think it was in Montreal also, Yeah, that kinda, Montreal. That had something to do with it. But but people remember that. That resonates with them. They're going to remember. They perceived Sami Zayn as a big star, so I should too. And I think once he's 100%, it's only a matter of time before we see Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens on a big stage, too, and that's only going to increase both of their stars.
1: I thought he was from Mexico.
0: That was that, somebody that else. That was someone
1: else. Yeah. Uh, I don't
3: know. They look alike.
1: Though. I didn't watch that one. Folks.
2: I uh, wasn't in 2015. <laughs> this is the uh, 2016 Mayhemies. You can head on over to WrestlingMayhemShow.com and place your votes, and you can find more videos on this very channel. So uh, just look for them. They are not far. See you in another one. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.